falling. Well, they made the wrestling show. I'm Jack Milner. They see Almeida has Antonio Pants and John Jacobs is playing three poker three poker tournaments right now. We're here to wish Talk about multitasking. Phil Brooks, a very happy birthday. Phil from the Mainly Wrestling Show, all three of us. Really hope you've had a tremendous day. Isn't that right, Lissa? Just go. You know, when you and him are both working at TNN, actually, you, you have to, like, <laughs> you have, to have to kiss some boots, brother. Pay those dues. <laughs> oh, my God. Just Can you imagine? He'll be like, I heard what you said about hey, me I on that Mainly Wrestling Show. You. Yeah. I was one of your nine viewers. <laughs> yeah. a, what's with the what's with the limp handshake, Lissy? Don't give me that brother handshake. Wind up there from CCW. I know the promoters. Lissy, you're not on CCW this weekend. Tell it you're at an indie show. Tell us where you're going. I'm not working, but I'm very excited to announce that. So funny. I've never been to an indie show in New England, where I'm originally from. So I'm going to a show this weekend for WFA, Wrestling Federation of America. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, and my really good friend, um, Julie Cutler, she's the crown jewels on Instagram and other places probably, um, is their ring announcer. So ring announcer to ring announcer. I'm very excited to um, see my friend work and to see the show. One question. Yes. Uh, is Julie Cutler related to Brandon Cutler? No, <laughs> not that I know of. The fans would will, want to know, so fine. Will you be critiquing her work as a ring announcer and going? No, fun. and you know it's so funny because the I think that it's harder when when I go to a CCW show and I'm not working, which is very rare footage, but like just because I know the wrestlers and I, I say their name a particular way or I do their intro, you know, the way that they ask me to or whatever, I think that's when I would critique it. Um, but when I go to another, you know, another promotion, whether it be WWE, um, AEW, Impact, or TNA now, um, or anywhere else, or any other indie show, I'm kind of just listening and kind of picking up different tips for myself. Um, not necessarily critiquing, but seeing like what wor what works well and what they do, um, and just trying to work it into my repertoire. Good question. Are there any? Um, I mean, obviously people like Samantha Irvin and, and people like that are very well known and get a lot of plaudits. Is there anyone maybe less well known that you've seen around that you think taken things from them in your, in your kind of announcing ring announcing career? It's interesting because I actually, I think that like when we talk about ring announcers, there aren't a lot. I don't know why. Maybe this is a, something I should do a little bit of a study on, but I don't know a lot of people that do what I do. And I don't necessarily know them personally. Mm. Um, and I think that when I used to go to more indie shows, um, I would. But I will say I really, really, really loved um, John. Jack, you weren't there. But John, when we went to the Rev Pro show in um in london the ring announcer i really loved her voice i believe she's called francesca i don't don't quote me but like i could never get the range that she gets like the mm -hmm. like this she does like a really good like scream but like i think that look that works for her and it works for her look so i also just kind of look for those little 
little pieces of things, right? Where it's like, I think that my ring announcing goes with my look and my style, whereas, you know, people can change that as they go um, to, mm. to different promotions and stuff like that. But um, that's definitely something that I'm on the lookout more for as I kind of take the next step because I'm coming into my second year of ring announcing. So I think that sometimes when you when you study other people too much, I personally find it confusing. But now that I'm kind of reaching my, you know, my own little groove in things, I can start to look at other people and see how they work and kind of incorporate that um, into myself. What do you think is the difference between that? Is that make a difference between a male and a female announcer? I mean, oh yeah. In terms of style, I mean, Lillian Garcia was probably the the original. But I mean, I, I thought Mike McGurk is it's so overlooked of how good she was in what ninety one to ninety two, ninety three, and Dasha. I mean, I think Dasha does a better job than Justin. I, I love Dasha. I, I actually experience so- is tremendous. She's great. I love Dasha. And she actually has like a really great range with her voice because like her, her voice isn't, it doesn't necessarily like how Samantha Irving, like you can tell that she's a singer, right? Dasha's voice. You're, you don't listen to her and be like, Oh yeah, that girl's a, a great singer or anything, but like, she has a really nice voice, very smooth, very crisp. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, but definitely there's a difference, right? Um, I think men tend to be a little bit more tight with their announcing style when you look at somebody like a we the fink just mm-hmm. he's in a class of his own we can't even can we you know. get your mount rushmore announcers oh i hate you what are you for i mean the thing is obviously the og the power's gonna be on okay the fink has to be there um lillian garcia has to be there um oh my god his name has escaped me right now. Mr. ROH ring announcer. Oh my God. Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz. On yes. There. I yeah. love Bobby Cruz. So I loved ROH from, yes. you know, back when they were on the road, they used to come yes, to Boston, ma'am. Philly, everywhere. Um, I love his style. Um, and I love his voice too. And I think that he just does a good job at like just doing his job and not doing anything too fancy, but you know, quick and effective. Um, that's three. Um, Samantha Irvin is Samantha Irvin is too new for me to put her. I was gonna say she ended up oh, she's so me. good. She's, she's so, so good. good. She's so good, but I just think she's too young in it for me to put her on the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Of them. People like what maybe like a Dave Penza or a who's again thinking of some SmackDown. I mean, if, really I'm gonna, super if I'm really going to say Chimmel. this, Tony Chimmel, this is, the guy. This is such a Boston uh, reference, Boston. but. Renee Rancourt, who is the announcer for the Bruins, and he, he's the that's our hockey team. Sorry, um, but no, I definitely would say Tony Chimmel, um, because I think growing up he was a big um ring announcer in my time, so I think the from the WWE standpoint, it was him, um, and Lillian, and then we can't forget, well, we, down, right? yeah. we can't forget the greatest of all time, Michael Buffer. But this, this is like wrestling. This is wrestling. Now. He oh, did God. wrestling. What are you talking about? He did all he, of the big shows for WCW. He get paid half a million dollars. Or 200, I think it's 200,000. He deserved bucks. every penny of it. Ladies and gentlemen, boy. That's what I've done. Let's get ready to... No, it's just really cheesy. The thing is, it can't, for me, he goes over the line of, this is just a bit too much. Go away. One guy not mentioned... And he's been around for now, I think, 15 years. Justin Roberts. Mm. 
I think Justin Roberts is a solid announcer. I just I don't think he's, just he's not like the top. Four. That's like when Jay goes yeah. on. That's why like when Jim Ross goes, he's he's a good hand. Yeah, like just a that's good hand. Thing. Not great. Yeah, you're a good hand. You're a solid. You're gonna show up. You're gonna do a good job and and all that. There's nothing wrong with being a good hand. I think that it's like how when you're on a team or at work or whatever, not everybody's gonna be the leader of the pack, right? You need some people that are solid and reliable that are gonna get the job done. And I think Justin Roberts is is great at what he does. So Lissy's Matt Rushmore of ring announcers, uh, Howard Finkel. Tony Chimbo, Lillian, Lillian Garcia, and your Michael ROH Buffer. Bobby Cruz. No, you won't. No, I know. I'm kidding. Michael Buffer's on the. He's he's an honorable mention though. I thought, you know, I probably got to think Bobby Cruz. I think you have to have Lillian. Lillian was such a big part of the Attitude Era, and he was. those national anthems were. You know, you've got people crying. You think the the 9/11, the, the SmackDown after 9/11, Chills. right? Do you know, I think Dash is on the cusp of making it. I think she's so underrated, but she doesn't go to. She doesn't go. She doesn't go full Samantha Irving, but she doesn't try to. Like she's like understood. I was so happy when. And again, it's about wrestling. Is about feeling emotion. When she came out at Wembley, and then she announced Punk versus Joe, like oh my god, it's on. Fucking let's go. That that will live with me forever. So you know. I, I wow. You love Dasha. I'm so happy because I love her too. I, I want her to be the main announcer. Nothing against Justin, but I, I think she deserves it. 100%. JJ, do you want to give um, No, I think you guys covered it. Like, the Fink is obviously there. Tony Chimble is obviously there. Lillian Garcia is obviously there. And then beyond that, like, you can kind of just choose someone who stands out for you. I love Samantha Revin. Appreciate. I love her too. No, I love her no, too. No, no, I, I know. Like, and she's yeah. she's had she's had gone through the reasons why, and yeah, get that completely. So yeah, I mean, that that would probably be my four, but um, completely understand the reasons to say she's quite new. And but the, yeah. the intro she gave, I think, was it Sammy and Roman in Montreal was fucking phenomenal, especially when amazing Roman was full on. I'm gonna try and be such a prick here, and he starts. Flicking the belts and Sammy's doing the crowd up. And she goes, she has that ability, right, to keep finding another gear or finding the gear. <laughs> right. Like she just, she has the range. Like no one can take that away from her because she has such a great, you know, background in music and singing and all that. So, I mean, she's already way ahead of anybody else. She's way, way ahead of anything that I could ever do. So it must be like if you're a wrestler coming through. But as as I'm a kid, and again, say you're 19 years old, I'd love to be like, one day be a wrestler there. But in my head, I want Howard Finkel to announce me as a new, who won in this contest. And I think now. Do you know how hard it is for me? That's actually the hardest part for me is to say and new. Sometimes, like, I, I think I've told you guys this before. I don't know the finished ever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm calling it, I'm, it's my genuine reaction. And especially when it's like one of my friends, <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at not cracking when I say and new because I'm just <laughs> genuinely that excited. But I think it kind of, it, it works. And I think, but now if you are a wrestler coming through, I think you, in your head, when you're 
put in this like imaginary scenario, you have Samantha Irving announcing you as the new winner, right? That's that's the dream thing. And no, but that she is now the thing in terms of that role. Absolutely, absolutely. She's um, the measuring stick now. She's the measuring stick. The measuring stick from twelve years ago was CM Punk and John Cena. What a segue! Sorry. Not my first rodeo, Paul. Um, <laughs> 2011, CM Punk was the antithesis of John Cena. Right? Big match, John. Didn't come out with the armbands or the fruity pebbles or whatever the hell the rock called him. And the punker was off his way out of the Fed. He was going to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was going to go with Colt Cabana and Ring of Honor. Look how that turned out. Um, so you go back in time... <laughs> And I know neither of you wish Punk a happy birthday, but Phil, buddy, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It was a white hot crowd in Chicago. I want to say June, July. This actually got me back into wrestling after like being out of it for four years. And uh, this this moment, the I'd heard about the pipe bomb, and I think this was the week before. I was like, everyone knew I was always a punk fan, right? I said when, when I travelled across. When I came to Jib, I played the same song he came out to in his last Rider Road show, which was Night Train by the Bouncing Souls. And I've ever cried in the airport. Um, but yeah, I thought, my God, this is amazing. So he's going to leave the belt. Like, this is, and in your head, you go, it's impossible. Like, look at Montreal. No one can leave with the belt. But in your head, it's always one of those things where it's a 1% chance. Like, this is all scripted, but Phil, you know, Phil's a bit crazy. You could go off script and just sit John in a hole and run off of the bell. I've got to watch this. And uh, I think this was all, this angle was what, done in four weeks. He came back with the belt, they had a match to Undisputed Champion, and he lost. And like, what the fuck? That fucking guy. John <laughs> 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 had to get his win back, brother. He learned from the best, right? The, the King of the Brothers, Hulk Hogan, John. Big match, John is he's a close second. Excuse me. You forget he beat ten people in the Nexus and and buried that. Uh, I just, that that faction needed to go. Okay, it was terrible. Uh, uh, they did a job, and John Cena beat six of them at once, and they all agreed. So this is the way Barrett doing it inside the ropes. And they all agreed, we, you know, we have such a superior number of them and we have to win. And seeing that that's not going to work for me, brother. Wade Barrett would have been an amazing champion. Oh, massively. He, I actually he think tour, he would. He had, that, he had that Northern accent, which just, I think, annoys Americans. Annoys, yeah. We were like, we feel like it's very snooty. Like, why I've got some bad news for you. Yeah, like. It feels like people are like talking down on you in that accent. Yeah, they're not. They're not speaking the Queen's English. Or should we right. say the king, the king? I can't call it the King's English. Long it's the Queen's it. English. We Long we're not here. Long the Queen. Long may she reign over us. We're going to get straight into it because it's late and none of us are getting any younger. Network slash video slash six six three four one. It's a long match. They get some time. We're going to start at 2.03.09. That's 2.03.09. 
If you listen yeah. from the cock, what do you want? Cock, Money in the Bank, season two, starting at the same place. Let's go. Let's fucking go. And the punker is over like over, as he should. He's in Chicago. But play in three, two, one. Why don't you two like the punker, man? I I, look, I, I remember watching this and I wanted the punker to win. The reason that if people don't like him now, the reason that they don't like him is because of his behaviour in the last 18 months to two years. We are like, I've said it before on here. Like I was up at four or 5 a.m. in the morning watching Ram, uh, Rampage when we were there when he was set to make his debut and we were all buzzing for it. I nearly cried. Like it was an amazing moment. I love the guy, but don't like how things have panned out. And I'm not blaming him completely, but you know, there was a number of situations yeah, Jay, uh, the two kids ended up having to fight in the sandbox and the tension's been building for 10, 15 minutes. Oh I think one of the parents should have intervened a bit. Yeah, but he's not a child. <laughs> <laughs> he's a grown he's a he's a grown man and it's grown not like it's not like these issues are it's not like we haven't known about his arrogance and you know I don't know what you want to call it but I don't know sense of entitlement whatever it's not like we haven't known about this before and I think there was a hope that after eight years out and wanting to be a part of a a new sort of up-and-coming company that he would put that to a side and and kind of help things but I think he's taken a lot of things to heart that maybe he could have not different personalities right and here's the cult of them i think that if phil brooks had joined in the beginning of AEW when it was being um incorporated i think that he would have helped to establish a locker room that maybe he would have had a better fit into i think that coming into a three Yeah. yeah the culture of that three-year-old or so locker room that, yeah, like we don't need to, to hide what's going on. The Bucks and Kenny Omega and a couple other guys are at the top of the food chain in that locker room. And it's hard to walk into that type of scenario. Um, I don't think it was an environment that was conducive to the way that he is, especially. And I think that I'm, Actually, this sounds like I'm defending him and I'm not, but like coming in from wrestling after not being in the business for nine years, like you do come in in a very defensive way because of the way that he left too. So I can see why it was the perfect storm and why everything happened the way that it did. I just think he was brought up... It's a very fair assessment. Yeah, very fair. I I think he came through the industry, right? 98, 99, 2000... 2001, 2002, again, he was mentored by Ed Guerrero. He was brought in with like Tracy Smothers and Harley Race and Terry Funk. And he was taught a different, it's like an old school way, right? We handle things in the back. If you, you've got a problem, it's, it's, But he doesn't handle things in the back, though. Oh, he does. Coming out, coming out, and co- coming out, and calling out Hangman when he knew Hangman wasn't there, and undermining was your current champion. That was a receipt. Handle it in the back. You just said handle it in the back. He tried handle was it back. 
Hangman's not. You can't, a you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. You know, I, I, I agree. It's it's petty. The problem is, I think it's one of those things where they were so far apart in their respective ideologies. It was really hard to get them back on the same page. Hence why Tony created him his own show, right? Pick who you want to go. Well, that's the other my buddies. And imagine the lengths that a man has gone to. He's created a television show that no one even watches just to make him happy. And it's still... It sounds... I love this noise for Cena, by the way. Yeah. It's unreal. Like the, <laughs> the vitriol in this crowd is like something that is very rarely seen. But John feeds off of this. Of course. Has of course. to. He had to learn he, to, right? <laughs> me calling him me calling him John like we're on a first name basis. Have you ever seen Easy to be one night stand in two thousand six? Oh, they ate him alive. Against R V D. If he had won that match. Like, somebody would have died that night. I'm, no, I'm was, so serious. There was a sign that said, oh if John gosh, Cena wins, we riot. And that yes. was not a lie. Like, they were rioting. They were, they were about that life. Was that called Cabana? He's right there. Yeah. Oh, I've never known yes! that before. Oh, my God. Bro. Like that, for me, it's unbelievable how that disintegrated. So bad. It's also... Fuck it out, man. Cena's body is upper body is unreal. Sure. And he's always the punky clown. He's such a shit. He's such a wonderful shit disturber. Up to a point. <laughs> Until HR involved. Things I can I can relate to him because he really just he likes pissing people off. And that's okay. There's nothing listen. There has there have been more people the likes of CM Punk in the history of the business. I'm very sure of it. But there's two things. Um, now there's too much media that's involved. Um, you, there's no secrets anymore. I think before a lot of stuff would happen backstage, especially when we were growing up, right? Things might happen, but we didn't know. Mm. If we found out about it, it was way after it had already been resolved and things like that. And that, that was a big difference, right? He... Yeah. The Colt Cabana stuff was being, somebody was feeding it. And that's what really set him going. Like, we don't, I, I he's come from an era where we don't feed that information to these respective people. Because right. we, we look after each other here. This is a locker room. We're all boys and girls together. It's us against the world. Not, well, if I give him a story, he might write nice things about me. Fuck that. And, Ever since that happened with the Yeah, it's, it's weird, you know, to think after Brawl Out, which is a really horrible name itself, Punk came back, and then after Punk came back, Kenny Hangman and the book signed new contracts. And I don't know whether that was there was a rumor right saying that once they signed, well, I need to get myself fired. I can't work with them. <laughs> but they weren't gonna go anywhere. I th- I I do think there's a good chance that they've gone to the Fed. Who? The Elite. When? Their contracts were up this at the end of this year. They in t- end of twenty twenty three. Yeah. Brother, 
if they leave the company fold, they're staying. Well, 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 well. If the company, company doesn't fold, fold if they leave. Absolutely. <laughs> and I said before, I think Kenny is a single. Kenny has got star power. Yes. I think he looks so much more of a star. Like coming out to when he, the pop he got to come and uh, meet MJF last night, right? Mm. And the reception. And he had the crowds hanging on every word. When he's with the three, with the books, he just looks part of the trio. It, it's lesser than. And the books are great as a tag team. Like, I, I give them shit. I can't believe that they're a great tag team. Thank you. Thank you. But as a three each, I, just, we, we I, I know I don't like trio stuff. I know I don't like trio stuff, but Kenny's that big a star on his own. The books are such a great tag team. Why have they spent so long doing trios bollocks? Why don't, is it because it's too busy? Is that why you don't enjoy that style match? Um, I, I love that. They're so obviously common spots. Um, <laughs> a little bit, but I just think I like, like wrestling is a, it's like a human form of chess, isn't it? It's a physical form of chess. Mm-hmm. In the trios matches, it's just move, move, move. Bang, 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 bang. What's happening? Yeah, I get the feeling for you it's like too choreographed, right? And it doesn't feel like a real fight. It doesn't feel like a struggle. That's why I look like Danielson matches, Brett matches, flare, flare sting from 88. I am trying to beat you. And when within an inch of your life, but like you're. Like you, you're a big fan of of FTR, right? In terms of tag teams that you do that you do like, yes. but you, but they like they always have that spot in the mat where, like, you know, twenty minutes into this epic match, they have this standoff where I both people it. are at both sides of the ring. Yeah, and it's like it. you also have that as well. It's like it's, it's Dax. Dax is so he comes across as so insecure, and I, I love him. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler, right? One of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. But he does need to be told, great match, buddy. Oh, thanks. You know, I'm just trying to go out there and feed my family. And Not insecure, and humble. I think it's, I think it's, he's a humble, humble man, full of humility. I think he, needs, he likes the love, though. Yeah. Who doesn't like the love? <laughs> Punker. <laughs> but I think Punker, he does. Hey, Punker, great match at then. What are you fucking? Punker desperately needs to be loved. He just can't yeah, handle it. Yes. Like, I think he thrives on it. And I think that a part of his issues, if we're going to just go back very quickly, part of his issues was that he wasn't feeling the love um, because he, I think he thought he was going to be Tony's baby. And Tony's like, I got these other babies I got to worry about. So. Was still his baby, to be fair. I mean, when CM Punk made his comeback, he was apparently in gorilla position as he was about to come out to see CM Punk. Like, he still yeah. loved the guy after everything. Still wanted to do everything he could for him. But, you know, we all have a limit. His the other thing to say is, to be fair, we've not seen Jack Perry on TV since um, since London. Like, it's, it's not as if he's uh, he's just punished Punk and not done anything to the other side, right? Well, the thing is, right, he's, he's beautiful. I look at things differently, right? Punk's a draw. He's a business. If, if, if this was Vince, right, how many times did Shawn Michaels, and obviously you're going to hate this, probably, Shawn Michaels was such a dick so many stages during 95, 6, 7. But you know what? 
He's a great wrestler and he drew me a lot of money. Great. And everybody wanted to work with him. You know what? I don't care if he fucks up. I'm gonna I'm gonna move things around. Ninety seven. I've lost my smile. He drops the bell, he hands it over, and he gets a new contract. He gets a five year contract <laughs> at the of ninety seven. And you know what, man Jay, uh, my back's not working. I'm just gonna go home for four years. His contract expires the summer of 20, 2002. You know what, Vince? I'm feeling a lot better. I can, I can go again. Leave him alone. The Lord cured his back. And I really think so. Forgot because about you that. know what? Yeah, I forgot what? about that. I forgot about that. My fault. Yeah, the, he, pray, he prayed on it and the Lord healed him. Because I think that a big part of what he was feeling, it may not necessarily have only been just his back, but it's like he was on the drugs and the alcohol and just, you know, had a lot of things going on. When he came back, he was married. He was a father. He was in a more settled place in his life. And that kind of set the tone or it set the table for him to be able to come back. I got, I got defense for Shawn Michaels all day, so we can keep going if you want to. Anyway, my point was... And I'd make a comment, point, but you two would hate me for it. He says, you've got to think of this as a promoter and a businessman. Jack Perry yes. ain't going to draw you anything. How we did in that program with Darby Allen, um, who's in the pillar, Sonny Guevara, shit the bed. Nobody wanted to see him. He had to turn heel because he did that bad. He's the one that started it, trying to be clever. Get rid of him. Fuck you. Go and find some other one. Five more Yeah. But yeah. it's a different time. It's not a territory anymore. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> high five, high five. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, JJ. Three way high five. Like what? it. You two are normally the ones in sync. I know we are. It's okay. Jack, you're, you know, we're urbanizing you. That we're going to make a, um, let me see a reel called the urbanization of Jack Milner. I wanted to ask you this because WWE posted something on Monday, which was, um, it was something like, it was the Jay Uso and Mammy that, and he says something like, got that Riz. And I was going to say, what, what does that mean? Charisma. Short for charisma. No, it was something like, you, you're trying to Riz Mammy, trying to, it was used as like a, a noun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's where it comes from. Like, Riz is like having that, I don't know, je ne sais quoi, that confidence to chat up a girl or whatever, right? But I I, I think it comes from the word charisma. I've not chatted up a girl in nine years, JJ, so you're talking to the wrong person. Just saying, you know, but it's that, that swagger, that confidence, right? You. Well wow. You know, Jack, I'm really happy that during the week you're taking notes and you're bringing them to I'm the panel. I'm bringing to the group. <laughs> I love that. It's, it shows that you're trying. I really appreciate it. Honestly. Wow. I've just anyway, it, was, it was a lucky game, but like. Yeah, it's like. Great sexual yeah, chemistry between the two. It's like, you know what it is. That press conference, by the way, I, I've gone back and watched it again. And it's fucking phenomenal. Which one? No, oh, the mm-hmm. JSO Cody one, yeah. What? Yeah, Cody. What, the drunk it. one? Yeah, it's just amazing. And Cody did an Insta Live in the week, and he went, that's literally one of my top 10 moments in the business. Very good. It just, how Cody for such a white guy, it's just, not white. He's there like... You're going too far. 
just however based on dynamic now. bra right so i saw the interview on, on monday night bra it's like yeah. do you feel me and cody goes no do you feel him i'm like I, yeah I, that would be me i'd be in the cody spot do you feel him because hmm? he's listen, got the riz listen listen I, I, I think you're making that up i'm gonna find that tweet so <laughs> just google it man urbandictionary.com the thing is with Cody and I'm right Jay really tried to riz Mame there you go riz he tried to riz her so it's not charisma is it brother uh, just hold on he tried to riz her you give her like a little up and little according up according to Urban Dictionary, riz is another word for spitting game and how good you are with pulling. Another definition on the site, riz actually comes from the word charisma, where in southern Baltimore they've started to shorten it to rizma. So, um, sp- did you say spitting game? Spitting game, right? Okay, with a G, no apostrophe. Sorry. I checked out. Uh, no. Okay. With, a, with a G. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's getting scary. JJ gives a time check. Time is 2.20 and 30 seconds, 31, 32. Oh, exactly aligned. Wow. There you okay. go. Okay. No buffering so, for Jack today. Ooh, thank God. Don't just don't share your screen. Don't ruin it. Like to find my urban dictionary in my little and gone babes of wrestling across my link. You don't need an urban dictionary when you have us, the yeah. panel. John Jacobs is my urban dictionary. Is Thank there you. anything is there anything else that came up that you need some opinion or us to weigh in on for you? No, that was that was my one urban um query of the week. <laughs> Jack's urban query of the week. You know what? We should make that a little segment. Meet White with Jack Milner. Episode you guys, two. I'll never forget the time that Jack came on here. I don't remember if you if you watched the Mobile Awards or what oh, people's choice, the Brits, whatever you watch, and you were like, I knew some people on that. You were so proud of yourself. He was so pleased that he knew who Stormzy was. I mean, everyone knows Stormzy. He's a Man United fan. Yeah. Oh my god! Are you happy to see him back with Maya? Uh, it doesn't affect my life personally, but um, yeah, good luck to him. I, I don't know the bloke. I just know he's a rapper. Oh, okay. Maya Jamal, sorry, what a is, woman! Is he a grime artist? So. I think what you're thinking, what we're talking about was last week when I said that I like Booter B and he's from, I saw that he's from Huddersfield and I was shocked. Like, I take it back. You know what? Huddersfield is the ghetto now. Because some of the... There's another another genre of rap. Drill. It was drill. 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 Yeah, a drill, like drill. And if you're if you mm-hmm. put out that form of rap, you're a driller. Yeah. You're a driller. Yeah. So 
I was so happy to see that you were right. You know, Huddersfield is the ghetto. Buddhabee's from there. And I hope that you guys can get together next time you're in Yorkshire. Look how I love doing it. Look how I love <laughs> I was saying it's like some of the group chat with like mates from here and back home. And we're, we are all middle class now. My mate is very, he's, he's a paramedic. Like, no, 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 I'm still working class. Like, buddy, you've just gone. He's got two daughters, Orla and um, Flo. He went pumpkin. He went to put a pumpkin patch in Lincolnshire, where where he lives now. You can't claim to be working class. And you. Well, just, he was. He was, he was growing up. The right? point I, was, I said to them, "My boy went to nursery wearing a gilet today. It's a very sad day for my working class Huddersfield roots. There's ain't no way, Auntie D or my dad is is going anywhere near one of those things." Okay, buy, but buy a code. in Why this person's defense and in my defense sometimes, because I still, I do struggle with it too. And <laughs> I noticed that um, you, it's it's like they say, you know, you can take, you can take the girl out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the girl. It's like, sometimes you forget that you have moved up in life and <laughs> you're still mentally, you know, in the place that you came from. So I understand, I don't know your friend, I don't know how much he makes or whatever, but I can understand why he still identifies as working class because I, I, I am yeah, in the same place. Yeah. So it's a, he's from Liverpool, it's a vibe. Well, just well, to anyway, roll back, what's oh. the point of a pumpkin patch, right? People know you can just go to the supermarket and pick up a pumpkin with, you know, your weekly shop, yeah? He was, he cost £7.50 for a pumpkin. Bloody hell. Listen, just is it here, for the gram? Is it just for the gram? It's for the gram. It's so on, I understand. On Tuesday, my sister asked me, she's like, hey, we're taking the kids uh, to the apple picking or something. Do you want to go? And I was like. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Like, even if I have kids, I feel like I would be that parent that like gives my kids to somebody else and says, go apple picking because. That's what, just, that's what my parents did. My, my, I none of my parents drove either. So I, I don't want to go. Cricket, rugby, and I just get lifts up on my mates. Yeah. I, I was that poor kid who was always trying to scramble for a lift or, oh, we've got to buy a new club shirt or money for a class trip. I haven't got any of those things. Yeah, yeah like, been there, my friend. Been there. Same. I wasn't going anywhere. But the point I was making, I said, look, as much as I don't like you, but we are all now, and it's fine. You've done better in life, like from where and that's kind of and what you should. Told. You want to, you want better than what you for your kids than what you have. And you know, like George doesn't want, will go to. I think George will go to Loretta, right? Lorraine's like, there's no way he's going to public school in Gibraltar. Oh. How I'm dare like, you? I don't, I don't How make dare you. Like, I don't care what you want at all, but he's going. Like, oh. Good talk. Um, and it's, it's, it's still good, right? I was the first person in our family to go to university, which just seems such a big deal. Yeah. Whereas then it's like, of course he's going to go to uni. That's the right path. You have to. It's expected of you. That's the least you could do is go there. It's just how you evolve, right? How Exactly. An assessment to your parents and your upbringing. Exactly. And but you know what? That's, that's what pushes people. Because if you were born working class and and you're you guys' age and you're still working class, like, you know, you you haven't done much to make your parents proud of you. Like, you really, your parents want to see you do better. What? 
<laughs> Look, JJ. JJ's a man what? very sort of looks right into it like this is the camera. No, I'm serious because like you're like you said, like you want George to do better than you. You want you want seven pets. He'll do it'll be, it'll be a much better. No, I've got like, if one of yeah. you guys kids isn't a doctor or a lawyer, did we do our jobs, guys? Did we come on? See, like I, I see it differently personally. Like for me, although yeah, similarly, I was the first in my family to go to university and stuff like that. Like I mm. wouldn't necessarily push them down that route. For me, I think the most important thing is to be like I want you to find the thing that you're passionate about and to do that and to enjoy life because yes. Yeah. Just but that but it's just different for different people, right? Like some some people kind of live through their kids and are like, I want my kids to be a lawyer. So when I meet up with all the mums, I can be like, Oh, I absolutely hate that. Going to Cambridge, I'm like, No, I I would like not push them down that route. No, I'm joking when I say that. You can be successful in a lot of different ways that don't include being a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, Hmm. or any of those things. I think we've all done that ourselves. But um, you want them to have a better life than you had. I think that that's every parent's. I mean. Yeah, and I and I and I feel like I will do that by like setting them up in the right way, hopefully, and then they take take that on. But you know, you never know how things are going to turn out. So, what a guy! Look at that. Word is opportunity, right? He would have the opportunity to go and not really. Like for me, I thought it was such a struggle. I was working, and I also I started my own business, right? That's when I started importing Ring of Honor DVDs. Find and selling and running market stores. Bringing those DVDs, baby. Just to pay, pay to bring one of uh, ten dollars sale every. I think it's every Friday. Um, just to pay the rent, right? I didn't. Mm. Our parents paid for me to. It is a rent for a year. Like absolutely not. I had to earn it and then you keep. Um, and I'm speaking to like JJ knows my ex boss Charlie. He's mm. getting a bit uni and just I just send Lauren another grand. Like what? Oh, well, yeah, it's fine. She's she needs it, mate. She's she's over there in wherever. It's just no. It's just it's not jobs that never happen. Must be nice. Whereas I'm thinking, if I'm in twenty years' time, right, or eighteen years' time, the boys there, me and her are all right, are well off. I can see him. I've just sold five hundred Christmas jumpers the last month. Thirty bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? It, it's a different mindset. It's but it's the opportunity. Wait, so I just want to confirm. When George is in university, you're still going to be selling Christmas jumpers. The hustle never stops. Is that that's a steel? I think as well. So who? What? I think that's crazy. A steel front row. Oh really? I didn't spot that. But he he doesn't have the glasses. He has the buzz cut hairstyle. Mm. I mean, listen. I've registered for the first time domains. I've got. If you go to ChristmasJumperStore.com, that's Jack Milner. Really. So do you know that American people have no idea what a jumper is? A jumper? But, yeah, but if you look at it, yeah, that's Hey Steel next to Cocker Man. Hey Steel and... Uh, yeah, they're together. So weird. Funny, I never noticed that before. Um, yeah, but my audience, the, the, the products I'm selling, right, are TV shows from... British TV shows from the 90s and early 2000s and Man United stuff, so... I know. I'm just kidding when I say that. I, I know what you mean. What about wrestling? Do, do people buy like wrestlers as Christmas? Is Christmas jumpers a thing in America? No. Really? We wear really? we wear Christmas sweaters. Okay, fine. It's, it's the same thing. Thanks. But like with a, like a knit sweater. 
not like a novelty, funny type thing. You can, but it's usually in a sweater format. Are you when you say a jumper? Are you talking? You're talking about like the hoodies that you sell. And no, 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 no. Sweater. Are yeah, you making sweaters now? The Christmas jumper is a sweater. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, yeah, we do. We make like funny ones, but they're usually in the pattern of a of a knitted sweater. Yeah. Yes. Do you have those? Same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wait, what are you weaving? What are you weaving into these Christmas jumpers that are wrestling related? I'm weaving, but I'm producing a pattern that over, goes over the top and gives the impression of a knitted thing. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Ours are act like we. Do you guys have ugly sweater parties? Mm-hmm. This is what it is. I know. I'm saying, but like ours are we. When you say you put an image over it, so you have like a knitted sweater, and then you put a a picture on the front brother let me do you have your phone there i i always have my phone i'm a woman we are talking about the same thing i promise you i think we are but it's just it sounds like we're not oh he's so you pretend quickly. you're british and that you don't understand this at all yeah see but this is not it that is to, we wouldn't wear it like this is funny but when we say an ugly sweater we mean one that's like a knit style yeah, I know, Not but I can't find a regular. On the I, I know, I understand. That's what I'm saying. I understood. That's why I'm trying to make sure I'm talking. But if you can find point. someone, if you can find somewhere, is this is this Robert Keane here? That's Roy Morris Keane, OBE. Uh, he's not an OBE. He's an Irishman. He wouldn't make such anyway. Wait, did you guys laugh at my meme that I sent you today when Sting was hugging the Nature Boy? It's <laughs> I go onto my own Instagram probably once every three or four days, and there's a mate, Naomi's ex, Dan. He will send me a meme. There'll be a parental meme from the rain. There'll be a wrestling one from Lissy. And then there'll be another one. A guy called Danny who follows all the wrestling pages. He'll send me something as well. And he's the four things every time. And the wrestling one, the one you send this is always the best. (laughs) I do my best. I do my best. How are we finding this uh, match so far? I feel like That's we've not picked it. by So I think that this era of CM Punk, I was super excited when CM Punk came to WWE. I just want to say that. Because I was a big fan of his um, work on the indies and, and ROH, right? Um, but by this point, I feel like he was starting to get a little bit of a little bit annoying to me. That's just me personally but really? I, I really think that you really can't put on SDF coming fuck me sideways <laughs> stop it you can't I... it's not Benoit is it no one can do it like Benoit it's weird right because for me oh be careful hold on be careful do not praise Benoit at all just no 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 I wasn't going to um... oh, no I'm, I'm talking to John to, to Jack he um, just said from... he's not like Benoit no, no. like we're not we're not going time. there so for me, I was I I never was into not through choice. I just had never watched the indie stuff. Like I when I was growing up, it was always WWE for me, right? Unless I saw like some TNA on the wrestling channel or whatever. But I never really got into the storylines and stuff, right? So when Brian came over and when when Punk came over, I hadn't seen their previous stuff, but they were still like at the time, just purely on their work in WWE, my two favorites from. In, in in the WWE at that time. 
So I think that that says a lot about the how fucking good they are because yeah. even me as someone who grew up in that WWE system and knowing those people still was like like I remember the first time Brian came out when he was in um NXT season one, right? And so um had that match against Jericho and I was instantly sold on him. Like I was like, this guy's fucking legend. And I remember when he got fired for choking Justin Rhodes with a tie, I was like, this is a travesty, I like, can't believe it. I love this guy. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Like, sucked, really you know? Good. So like I was I was a huge fan of both. And at this point, even though I'd grown up like when John Cena was the big baby face and had enjoyed his kind of rise through to being like the top guy. I still watched this at the time, like absolutely dying for CM Punk to win, to, to win this match. So even if you weren't uh, a punk guy from his indie days, I think at this point yeah. he was like undeniable for me. Anyway, I, I you're saying yeah, that you were was. kind of annoyed by him at that point, but I, yeah, I loved his stuff like with the pipe bomb and everything. So it was unreal. Just- it's too preachy for me personally. Like it was Mm. just getting, it was just getting too preachy. It's like, it's like when you're, I think it's hard to explain with somebody like him because he is easy to identify with. If you've been bullied in life or, you know, if you were, what do you call it, Jack alternative? I I think he plays the underdog, right? He's the guy that, he's the guy that has been marginalized forever throughout right. life. Be he's the voice of the voiceless. Or his career. Like, he always claims in it, I'm a guy, when I turn up to the WWE, I know I'm not going to fit in. Look at me, i got tattoos, I'm straight edge. He wants yeah. to make out like it's, I'm fighting to get for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not necessarily true, I don't think. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for admitting that. That's all I needed to hear. Handshake. Scissor. But yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one because it's a bit like how, see, throughout my era, my childhood, I was a big Man United fan as a kid, so my dad was, and oh. Man United's Sir Alex Ferguson, their manager, used to try to instill in them, they're all out to get us, it's us against the world, but realistically, United would probably be more su- well-supported team. In it's, a br- it's a bit propaganda-ish though, isn't it? Of course it is. But... That's it's a I mindset, think. right? It's yeah. Yeah, like the said, cheers from these mindset. two counts unreal. I love these. Okay, refs, Scott Armstrong, love mm. or... Huh? Great referee. Great referee. Great he's referee. Bled, he's pressed for the job, and he's an Armstrong. What? He's an Armstrong. He's bred yeah. business. Road dogs, Absolutely. brother. Road dogs, brother. Yeah, Brad Armstrong, Scott Armstrong. Yep. Bullet Bob Armstrong was his dad. Yeah. What a time! What a time! Every time when we watch the '80s wrestling and Brad Armstrong comes on, and somebody makes a Kenny Omega joke. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, I'm sure it was Jerry Lynn again in the week. Someone took out an old match with him, and he said, "Brad Armstrong, best guy he's ever been in the ring." Someone else said it as well. Really? That was phenomenal. He just had no charisma. So you go on with a 10-minute match with Brad Armstrong for like WCW Pro, right? Just a walk. It's like wrestling Bobby Eaton. I feel like we're getting into the the weeds of this match. Because there must be like... I mean, there's 10... There's nine minutes left of the show, but I think there's still a good few minutes gone. Sorry? I'm trying to not look at... Wow, that guy on the front row is jacked by the scene 
Maybe it's his brother. Oh, the guy in the Cena <laughs> shirt and, and hat. Okay, so it's so funny that... So, funny story. When I lived in Boston, I used to, like, get all my cars from Mercedes of... What's it called? The one in Route 1. doesn't matter. Mercedes of Saugus or some, something. Put a little one of them. And one day, I'm in the service area. I'm sitting down, and... I see the guys called Matt Cena on his little placard on his desk. And I was like, I just asked him, I'm like, are you John Cena's brother? And he's like, do I look like John Cena's brother? And I'm like, yeah, looks just like him. He, he showed me all the pictures like on his phone from like when they were literally nicest wow. guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> How can I tell the story? <laughs> That's amazing. It's just it was so random. I was like, I'm a I was like, I'm a really big wrestling fan. It's He's like, are you? It's not like a super common name. Like I've never heard that surname no, exactly. anywhere, so, right? So No, because usually I wouldn't do that, but I was like, I'm in I'm in northern north of Boston, which is the area that John Cena's from. Yeah. And might, I was like, I've never heard any any um one else with that name, so I might as well ask. Mm. And they look just alike too, but he's very nice. Did you see that's very cool. uh, as well as um, Brock Anderson? Arn Anderson has left AW as of this last week. Has he? Oh my God, this country is going. We used to be a country. We used to be a proper freaking country. Where's he gone? The conference is fine in August and he's not. Where is he? I presume he goes to NXT with his son. What son? Brock. Has Brock gone to NXT? It's not likely, right? The Fed's going to try and pick up any second. I mean, how they signed Brian Powell Jr. when he used the shits. I mean, brother. There Lexus are King. He's called Lexus King now. Please call him his current. At what point do you think? This just isn't for me. I, I, I can make a living off the Indies and like, I can use my dad's name. I can use my dad's legacy. You're just not very good. You know, let me tell you something. I mean, Teddy Hart wrote that. Te- he, he wrote that Hart name for 25 years. He's still going. Go on, let's see. Make your point. <laughs> it's just the fact that Jack said, this isn't for me. This, this isn't for me. <laughs> Yeah, but he's a young man. Maybe he's not there yet. He's like 26 years old. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe he just hasn't had the right structure and the right teaching behind him that he could receive at the Performance Center um, down in Orlando. Brian Pelman Jr. is 30 years old. Young man. What I will say is that he isn't the... Hold on. He isn't the workhorse guy that is necessarily going to do amazing things in in AEW, right? But he's got <laughs> a name, and if you've got the presentation, he is still <laughs> a perfectly good worker. And if he can get the charisma and they get the right character behind him, he can still yeah. do something, whether that's in NXT. I'm not saying he's going to be a main eventer, but okay. there's there's a spot for him on that roster, I think. Ahead, it, it, I'm not saying it, it, it's going to work, but... There's a spot. That's that's Go what ahead, I'm saying. Go ahead. Okay, so you're asking if he has the charisma, or if he has the. That goes to say he's fantastic. 
I if can't he has the charisma, or if he has a working ability, or he finds the gimmick, brother, he has none of them. So you're saying you're a pro wrestler with seven years' experience, you've got no charisma, you're not a great worker, and you're not great on promos. But he's not a bad worker. He's not a good one. He's, he's not a great he's one. We're now in an era where look at EW, right? If you can't work the force that much, you're not going through the you're not going to the card. I know, but it's not the same in WWE. True. That's, what, that's in, the point I'm making. He's never gone through... I think what John and I are saying is that he's never had a fair shot at going through a full developmental. They said, hey, kid, get on TV. Like, that's what they did with him in AEW. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel he's like now... He's on MLW TV for three years. And yeah. the thing is, the same goes for, like, Jay Cargill, right? Like, she never had that opportunity to go through developmental. She's not a... She's not a promo cutter. We've not really seen her do very many promos. Like she may be good at it, but no, Jade She would put on rampage, right? She, she said very few words. She was a she was a woman of very few words. She let her 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 in ring ability do the talking. Jade, yeah, no, no. I she, think she, that she toward the end, end she'd have toward like, the one end, she'd have one Jade minute would... backstage. Yeah, she got the catchphrase of like Tony cut the shit. Cut the shit. Yeah, like she would do that stuff, but she wasn't known for Jack. Jack, do you know a great promo that Jade Cargill gave? Can you can you think of one off the top of your head? No, that's what that's what John's saying. She did short and sweet back there, and then now that's probably something that they're gonna work on with her. Same thing as with Brian Pillman Jr. Alexis King. They're probably I know he's just he's just knocked out Johnny Ace three. His father, his former father-in-law, almost father-in-law. What? Because Johnny Ace is married to the Bella's mom. Oh, I thought you were saying CM Punk, who like no, almost no, no. one of the Bellas. No, I was Tina, like, what? <laughs> they not yes. when it was found out that he was he was diddling all the paralegals. Vince's Vince is so Allegedly. freaking funny. He's like. Vince is just so good with the, the facials, right? It's like, oh my god, what have I done? Or what has he done, I should say. The eyes, the eyes. Scott Armstrong doesn't want to walk back. <laughs> it was the Firebirds. But then he came back like two weeks later. Oh lads, just let it just let it breathe. Yeah. That song Fireburns, I really liked that song for him. Does he not right, if I remember he brings Del Rio down, right? What he? Bring that, bring that. This music. You know, he's sometimes gone like weird um Wikipedia rabbit holes. I was reading it to him like he was CML. I think world champion two thousand nine and had a deal. To yeah, play. who fell? Last last desperate attempt, he brings Del Rio down to try and cash in his money in the bank. But they pushed Del Rio so hard, so he didn't have to go to development anymore. NXT, he came straight in, was pushed as such a top guy, right? And I, I remember looking back on him, thinking, I have no idea who this guy is because I've been out. And then you read it into the stuff with him and Paige, and you go, well. Not only was he, um, what I see, like a very average worker, 
shit human being as well. Who? Thalia. Oh, a terrible human being. Whoa. I mean, yeah. True. Can't argue. Coercive behavior, gaslighting. One of, each, one of those guys. The kiss goodbye and the, and the title belt there. That's always the lasting memories of Jesus Christ. No, this was brilliant. I have a default. Okay, punk leaves like he's John Moxley. <laughs> that means leaning on people. I mean, just leaning through the crowd. Good God. You know, Jack, you really missed your calling. What was my calling? You're a funny guy. Well, then we disagree. He, but she's, <laughs> you know, she'd say, he thinks he's funny. Because she's probably tired of your shit in her defense. Wow. She goes, Jack, cut the shit. Oh, <laughs> you think you're a baddie now? Fuck out of here. <laughs> so that was the main event of Money in the Bank 2011. Jack, that was your first viewing of the match through in completion, right? This fucking guy presenting the podcast? Come on, JJ. Yeah, he is. Move over, sister. Oh, oh, that was a good match. Good match. I mean, I'd like to have had the sound on. I think that really sold it. Um, I remember getting really into it at the time. I didn't stay and watch it, but I remember watching the Raws leading to it and then thinking, oh my God, Punk's won and he's running for the belt. That's so cool. And then I remember reading, I'm sure Red, or I think I'd record Raw because I'm flicked through and he'd come back two weeks later. They had a match the next pay per view and he lost. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Okay, I'm done again. And I was after that, I was gone for seven years. Wow. It's the equivalent of like your partner fucks up massively, you give wow. them another chance, and they do the same thing three weeks later. Okay, I'm done. And it wasn't wow. until I don't even know why I got back into it 2018. I think I started listening to some of his wrestle podcasts. And then <sighs> I saw Becky again, an Irish redhead. Okay, you brought my attention. <laughs> all you needed. That's all it takes. Becky turned on Charlotte and then I saw that they did all out, and then I was back in again. But this just when you thought you were out, pulled you back in. And uh, it was Cody, not the books, uh, obviously. It's Cody, it's not the books. <laughs> but that I just that was such a great match, such great st- again. The story. This is my thing with Ring of Honor, AWJJ. The story sh- should be better mm. because of the talent involved. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're always going to deliver great matches. It's not about the matches. I want that stakes, the emotional uh, to get It's in. frustrating because even when you feel like, oh, they're onto something, there's just not that continuation week to week. It's like, oh, someone's attacked, um, you know, with the masks and stuff. Who who was it who attacked Jay White? And then for like two weeks, there was no mention of it. If it was WWE. You get slammed in the face with that with a promo package on the very next show, yeah. and there would be a follow up, right? Yeah. It's and I know they're picking it up now, but it's so slow and that momentum's lost, and it's like, what's going on? You know, it's you're not it's, in the moment. It's you don't frustrating it carry sometimes. Over. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 
no, so no, we me know how good they can be. We know how good they can be. So it's like it's not the talent. Be, be better, it's you know. It's, it's not the talent. Mm. Like Miro coming back looking like a killer. Great. Where's this going? And then his wife gets involved. Fuck me. I don't care about CJ Perry. Like, just let him go out and batter people in two minutes. And then I think around the, this, he did this one too when he debuted two and a half years ago. And had a great match with Danielson. Um, I want to say like full gear revolution, whatever it was. Mm. But like, I got so into Hobbs at the start of the year where he was being built up and then he, he got the big anus looking gold, whatever it's called. Yeah. Lost ring. Beats Wardlow, and then loses it in two weeks later. And he signs up with Cuties guy. He signs up with fucking Cuties jobbers. Like what? And it's and the same with Wardlow, was... right? Like they dropped the ball with Wardlow. He was the most over babyface when he was turning on MJF, and then what happened? Like he just disappeared for like a few yeah, months, and now he's back, and he's after MJF. It's like you know, yeah, I know, but one good body ball. Ah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. They dropped the ball a few times. I, in my view. Where do you think um, that was probably one of Punk's, if not his ultimate crowning moment in, in WWE? I don't think anything tops up for him in terms of the crowd, the emotion, the, the energy, mm. the atmosphere. Mm. Where do you think he's 45 now? Listen, it's the 26th of October, 27th now, we've been politically. 26th, right? He'd be wrestling, if anywhere, on the 1st of July. 1st of January and the 1st of July. Give me one of the two. TNA. <laughs> He's not going to go to TNA. I wouldn't yeah, rule it out. Good, like uh, you can get a good price with some layers. <laughs> no, but you you wouldn't rule it out, right? There's there's a percentage chance, you know. Like why can't why can't he go to TNA? I think you know what in terms nineteen years ago, and he's the guy that holds the worst grudges. Wait, say that one more time. I didn't understand you. Okay, so in two thousand four, he was working for Ring of Honor and TNA. Yes, sir. There was um, a controversy around the Ring of Honor. Oh, at the time, Rob Feinstein, it was called, he was off to go meet a 14-year-old boy. So Ring of Honor sold up to a guy called Kerry Silkin. Kerry, great guy, looked after the company. He's like an ambassador. I think he's still like an ambassador. They told the talent, you can't work for both companies. So AJ, Dan, uh, Christopher Daniels, and a few of them stopped working for Ring of Honor. Punk told TNA, go fuck yourself, I'll never work for you again. That was 2004. And so I know, I know it's 19 it, years later. Let me finish. And he's the type of guy that holds long term crutches. That's awesome. So let's go back. Who is the problem in all of this? Um, it's me. Who is I'm the problem? If we're I mean, talking to something 19 years ago, before he was anyone, and he was doing that. That was a big deal still in, in L4. It was a big deal. He he wasn't in a position no, to... No one got rise to me, Lissia Mayna. He wasn't in a position to tell them to fuck off, because look, he probably needs them right now. And as they say, what goes around comes around. I, so I think it's right. Here we are. With Punk, he will still earn six figures from pro wrestling tees alone. He doesn't need. He doesn't need to work. I think he needs to feed his ego, and 
to feed his ego, he needs to be in a wrestling ring. I think he's got a taste of it, but and he loves it. So the thing is, does he hold a grudge against Tony or the Bucks enough to now put aside his other older grudges and try and take some market share away oh. from them? That's the question, yeah. right? Triple H. <laughs> how many like spent... can somebody you know what japan go to japan that's where you wanted to go the first time um he's friends oh, with you have a working relationship with new japan he's friends with mercedes she can get him in somewhere oh, no. <laughs> yeah go, go to japan i think that would she make him happy just as problematic by the way like oh he oh. won't do it because he won't leave Larry in the US on his own, you know, unless he can get a passport for Larry to Japan. He's not he's not gonna do it. Anyway. Anyway, my my point was you think I said to you Larry where, would he, go. where would he be on the first of January or the first of July? On his sofa, yeah. it's fine. I think I think his sofa is the safest place for him, for him and for us. You don't think it'd be in WWE? I mean, I wouldn't like to see it. I'm not gonna lie. I think that would it not he, be? Would it not be like fascinating TV though? No, yeah, it wouldn't. It in would, my personal would. opinion, I wouldn't find it fascinating. It would just be like I waiting for the explosion. Watch. It's literally waiting for the explosion. That's what it would be. Okay. Alternatively, you think you'd be on his couch, and the other one, um, where will Will Osprey be? Oh, okay. This one is hard because. I really like his breadth of um, where he goes. Use I, I don't want to see him in one place because I feel like if he goes to WWE, he could get lost in the shuffle, and that's what I'm very afraid for. Um, because I love that you can see him in Japan right now. You can see him at shows in the UK. You can see him on AEW. You can see him on Impact, like or TNA, like you did last week. Like I think that that's. I think that that is conducive to kind of how he is and his overall personality and style too, right? Um, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if he would thrive in WWE just because of, there's a lot of structure involved. I'm not saying that he's not structured, but um, I think he would be giving up a lot of his freedom to go there. But obviously there's a lot more that comes with it. You get a lot more stability, a lot better money um but i don't know if he would get the type of push that he would like to get there there's a lot there's a lot of stars in wwe too because i feel like they would throw him in there and he might feud with like aj styles for a little bit or somebody like that and then i i can't see where it would go from there i mean he's a fantastic he's a phenomenal professional wrestler right but he's had zero experience of episodic television and well, it, that's probably it, that's probably his weakness, right? Being able to comprise these long storylines that are built on week to week promos or week to week interactions, so that'd be a challenge. And you know, he has a bit of a howler in him in terms of his mind work. So, just by saying the wrong thing, not saying he's, he's saying anything. He's really, he's really raw. Like he's very blunt. the tone of the room. Yeah, he's misread yeah. the room. Um, JJ, where do you think Punker and Osprey? Yeah, I I don't see Punk going anywhere. I think, yeah, I, I mean, with the basis of reports, right? There's more in the know people than we are who we hear from. 
like um, you know, your Sean Rossaps of the world who say WWE had conversations or CM Punk had conversations with them and it, it didn't go anywhere. He's been backstage apparently at Bound for Glory, the second time he's, he's been backstage at TNA. Yeah, so, you know, would he go there? Is it too small time for him? Mm. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I I think it's most likely we won't see him um, wrestling in the next three to six months. We'll see what happens beyond there. You know, things can always change on this business. You never say never. With I Will Ospreay, so. I don't see Will going to WWE. Um, it's possible. I think his most likely place is AEW since he's got that connection and it still does give him the freedom to do bits in Japan and stuff like that the other thing is he could you know stay in Japan and come and do TNA tapings what like once a month and then just and carry on doing his thing so that's obviously appealing to him there it's just whether they can afford him so I think it's probably like 65% AEW 25% TNA and then like 10% WWE. That's where that's where I'd go. Missy, you're going to interrupt there. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think <laughs> Phil will just go wherever somebody's going to pay him if he really wants to wrestle. No, no, I'm I'm not. This isn't being mean. I'm saying like he, he could use to go to some uh, few little indie promotion things to get get back in the game a little bit. If he really wants to be involved in wrestling, I think I don't think that would be bad. He could go the Matt Cardona route. I don't think he would. I, I, mm. I think there's absolutely no chance he would. He won't. He won't. I'm just. I'm he just chatting. Too... As, he, as chatting shit, but yeah, he no, won't. I, he's he wants to. Nah, again, and I, I have to cap it because I love the man and I think he's phenomenal. But what he no, does, you think but... it's it'll be beneath him. He won't exactly. He, he doesn't rate that type of thing. Stage. He still yeah. annoys it. He was never the main event of WrestleMania. Yes, damn it, I deserved it. In That's your mind. the one thing that I think will bring him back to the Fed. I, I do think he'll be in WWE next year, and it will be so weird, given everything he said about you cannot get better in a place that made you sick in the first place. But again... Cody smashed a fucking throne of Triple H's and said, hate them, blah, 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 Sting's my favorite. And then came back three years later going, uh, Triple H is my favorite wrestler. You know, I learned so much from me. And like, Yeah, how but fu- how you fucking shouldn't... dare you? No, your, you shouldn't your... compare them. Cody is a a humble man. Like he is humil he has humility, and Cody is a businessman. Big different. He's not humble. He's, he's a businessman. He's, but he'll no. But he's sometimes when you're doing business, a, you have to swallow your pride. You have to be humble. There's you're a not in grifters, you right? willing. There's, there's Matt Hardy and then there's Cody Rhodes. Oh, what is wrong with you? How Matt Hardy was on TV again last night. How? Were you sad about it? Were you sad about it? I, I didn't watch the match. I, I, oh. Again. But I, I'm seeing that the lineups, it's that the Hardys and the guy from Private Party against I, the Bucks yeah, I know. How the biggest thing Punk had, I think, drive wise was how it's a little club of all these mates and they're all looking after each other. And then for the last month, it's been the Hardys interacting with the Bucks and the Elite on TV, like, really? He's, this is the stuff he's been. 
calling you out on? Well, I think that this this is a bigger problem that isn't necessarily just with this particular situation that we're talking about. It's does I don't think that sometimes I feel like the AEW locker room like it's hard to see where the pieces all fit together. And I think that that's what you're saying too, Jack, right? Like you've always stressed, okay, get not saying that we there's a place in our hearts for the Hardy Boys and the edges and Christians of the world and those people. There's always a place in our hearts for them, but you don't want to see them main eventing and doing all that other stuff because we really should be focused on building the next generation of wrestling. So that's what yeah. I've always heard you say. So I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's but hard. There's, it's... No, there's nobody that seems like, like MJF is obviously there. And Jay White, is he really a title challenger? Yeah. What are you talking about? I love Jay White. Yes, he is. Absolutely, he is. I don't think he comes across on the same level as MJF. How dare one. you? How He's tofu. You? Is that what you're saying? He's tofu. Um, Darby, he's not. Well, yeah, I just don't see it. If, if you, I think that four pillars match did so much damage for the other three because MJF was so far and above them in terms of their level. In terms of young talent coming through as potential challenges, what? Wardlow? Joe, who's 45? Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy... I think if NJF turns here again, Love Orange jumped, Cassidy. Orange Cassidy should be his idol. Who do you oh. think right now is the most likely next AW champion? Uh... If it wasn't for the really thing, <laughs> if it wasn't for sting, if it wasn't for the really hot shot booking, I I could have seen Kenny beating Kenny beating Andrea. Hmm. I would I love think, that. I think Orange Cassidy is a great shot. If if M, I think NGF booked, he'll have enough of trying to be nice and just think, you know what, fuck it, and he'll turn it. Something will happen with Adam and Roderick and Roddy or whatever. Orange Cassidy is the perfect baby for this. Could Orange Cassidy ever be a hill? Like you tell the story of, you know, he's lost the title, he turns on his friends because he lost the title before and then he said, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And it's like, um, you know, if he lost that international title again, he'd be like, needs it back, he wants to do anything and everything to get it, he turns heel, turns on his his best friends, and then he's like, I can't get that title back, I'm going for the big one, I'm going for MJF, and he just becomes like this monster heel. Is that is that a possibility? I think he'd smash it. A little bit of fantasy booking. Yeah, it's a possibility. It would be a big possibility, but, you know. I don't see why not. I mean, just it's, I think it's the, the issue that you're seeing here, Jack, is probably because he doesn't talk a lot. I think that's probably why. You don't take well, and you I, don't take him seriously because No, I think, his... I think he cuts a I am look, I'm not a Connor Stan. I think he cuts good promos. I think he, okay. he's very to the point. I just I think because we science it's hard to be a like a, an, an intimidating heel when you're the size he is. It's better to be an dog baby face, right? Because he's like fine. 180 pounds or whatever. If he gets a heater, different story. A heater. He gets someone like, someone like a wardlow to be protected. It's like, 
he fucks MGF and decides to go for Orange Cassidy. That's a different story. We'll discuss it another time. We've we've been on long enough today. Thank you. That we want. That was Money in the Bank, 2011. We wish our friend the Punker such a great thing. This is just Happy birthday, buddy. I'm hoping he has a nice day and that good. Chair's got a capy Larry. AJ's got a promise from later. You know, all the good stuff. We'll be back next week to find something at the last minute to uh, entertain you all again. Lissy will be just as ecstatic. John will be just as well groomed. I've been Jack Milner. <laughs> he's been the Scalmania and he's been John Jacobs. And I've been told to wrap it up next door. <laughs> nah. <laughs>